Welcome to Brand Me. I'm Preston Conrad, and on this show, we'll talk all things branding, from launching a product line to owning your side hustle. We'll talk to the movers, the shakers, the thought leaders. What do you say we finally stop focusing on brands X, Y, and Z and focus on brand me? Let's start the show. Just kind of pull them on like what they'd like to see more, what content that you know they'd like me to create, maybe different styling hacks that they are looking for. And it's a great way to utilize your brand and like utilize your audience. You've heard me talk about my brand, Preston Conrad Home. And if you've ever wanted to grab something from my luxury home fragrance collection, today is your day. I want to hook you guys up with 10% off of any single item on PrestonConradHome.com. That's one of our luxury candles or our new hand wash. Use the code BRANDME. That's PrestonConradHome.com. Offer code brand me. Hey, everybody. On today's show, we are talking all about being vulnerable and how that can greatly affect your brand or your personal brand. We're going to sit down with Liz Teich. She is known as the New York stylist on social media. And Liz has got a great story about how one moment of sharing a really personal, vulnerable point in her life totally changed her personal brand. So I think you'll really enjoy this episode. And uh, here's Liz. Hi, Liz. How are you? Hi, Preston. I'm good. How are you doing? I'm good. This is we met in person pre COVID, right in Brooklyn? I believe we did through our mutual friend, Laura, who is also a stylist. And I think we just instantly all connected because of the styling connection. (laughs) Totally. It's like, I'm reconnecting with all these people that I've only met once or twice as like my last people that I met pre COVID. um, And I'm having them on the show. So I'm so happy you came on. Thank you. Oh, thank you so much for thinking of me. You um, are, I feel like I know you even better than I do because I, your bubble on my stories is always in the front. Uh, it's always up there. So I, I don't know why, but it thanks Instagram. But I get to see, <laughs> I get to see what you're up to. And you are a busy stylist, mom, uh, creative, hustler. Have you how would you describe your personal brand to people who don't know you uh, yet? Oh, wow. Uh, that's a big question. I guess, like you said, I'm a hustler, but yep. my personal brand, when I, anybody asks, I am a fashion stylist that yep. I work on commercial styling and also personal styling for particularly moms as a mom myself. And I am a style expert and also a content creator. I've been blogging for a decade now. I love that you already, um, there's so much talk about niche right now. Like people are like, yeah, maybe I'm a I'm a painter and it's not enough anymore to just be a painter. They have to be like an XYZ painter. And you just, I love that you said for particularly for moms, because that's such a smart niche that you know so well. Did you always, had that been, I think part of what I love about your personal brand is that you're very vulnerable and you share so much about your personal life and how it involves your work life. And it's all very intertwined. Were you, were you always like that? Were you always that open and willing to share? No, it's it's funny you ask that. Actually, when I started, I started as a commercial stylist working for major retailers and I was working on a campaign for, I don't know if you remember, this is going to date me, but the TJ Maxx, Maxinista campaign. Uh, yeah, I'm a Maxinista <laughs> through and through. Right? I always wanted to be one, but I styled yeah. the bloggers that were on that campaign. Oh. And at the time I was like, what is a blogger? And right. I did a little research and talked to these bloggers. And I said, well, what 
do you, like, what is your background? What is your experience that you can get this title of a blogger and work on these big campaigns with major brands and be in front of the camera? And a lot of them didn't really have much experience in fashion, behind the scenes. They were just this authority in fashion. And I said, I studied fashion. I live fashion. I work in fashion. I have so much to say. Why not start a blog? And I started it as a hobby. And it was literally just my outfit. Every I posted five days a week, my outfit, oh my literally. Just <laughs> that my was outfit. like I remember those days. I just I tried to do the same. I was so not as good as all you gals doing it, but it was like we were just putting our outfits out. <laughs> oh, if you saw my original post, I mean, you got to start somewhere. But if you totally. saw my original post, they were bad. <laughs> uh, and I thought that I needed to have the latest fashions every single day, and I was doing the styling thing also. And I yep. also had a jewelry brand at the time. Oh, I didn't so, know. So yeah, so I was doing. I was selling at all the markets all over New York City, and uh, oh, getting into like major like boutiques and um, publications and on celebrities. And so I was juggling so many things. And the blog was just like a little side hustle that was really fun. And I didn't think much of it. And it was just literally my outfits. And when I became a mom, my whole everything that I did pivoted. It really shifted my perspective, uh, you know, not only just getting older and having different priorities, but I really shifted my whole career. And it wasn't until then that I realized I didn't want to just be a fashion blogger. I wanted to also reach out to moms and help other moms. And I started having people reach out to me and Mm. saying, Hey, can you help me with my style? Mm. I don't know how to dress for after having a baby. Mm. And it was like light bulb, ding, ding, ding. That was such an accidental way to create this brand, but it really kind of set this niche for me that I had no idea was out there for me. And you're such a, um, you know, a, a common theme on almost everyone that's been on the podcast so far is kind of um, being, making sure you're an authority in what you want your personal brand to be and being a mom and having gone through maybe a pandemic, maybe having kids and moving to the summer. Like I'm sure you're well-versed in that. So you feel very credible in this space, obviously. Yeah. I mean, yeah. also a lot of it comes with experience and age and yep. <laughs> I, I've been working in fashion for more than half of my life and yeah. I, you know, I, I've had the experience under my belt. So I do feel confident that I can be an authority in fashion, yep. but at the same time, I've only been a mom for five years and I can share what I know from that. Yeah. And a part of it, like you said, is the vulnerability and a people want to relate to you and I'm as a brand and I do find that, you know, I'm sure you find the same thing when you're a stylist, people don't hire you just for your work. They hire you for who you are Oh yeah, and your because you, your personality, you want to make sure you get along on set and you work together well. So, so much of who you are is part of your brand as mm. I mean, as far as like your personal brand. So true. You could be, I mean, some days I would do a bat, I'd be on set styling a shoot when I was just styling stuff before I did other things. And I'd be like, oh man, that's kind of a dumb outfit I put together. Like that's so dumb. And then, but people were so friendly to me because I had such a fun time that I think it was part of that whole package. Yeah. Of what you offer. 
that's a huge part of it. And like a, a lot of my clients, when you do styling for commercial retailers, yeah. they want to meet you beforehand. Oh, yeah. They want to see who you are. They want to, you know, if you don't get along with everybody and work well with everybody, they're not going to hire you, no matter if you oh, are the best stylist ever. Yeah. And so a lot of it is your personality. And I use my blog and my Instagram to advertise. It was, it was never meant to be a source of income. It was meant to advertise my styling. That's so, uh, did you ever feel, um, speaking of vulnerability, I know I did for, but maybe it's cause I'm a guy and I felt weirder about it. And the space was heavily female. But when I first started, I felt so vulnerable and like, imposter syndrome, sharing me wearing clothes. I'm like, I'm no model. I'm just a person with a job. Did you feel that way ever when you started putting out content? Oh, I love that you said that because you do such a great job of it. And I'm always like, oh my God, Preston is just oh such God. a natural at it. Like you might as well model. You're so good at oh it. Oh my God, stop. I, I panic I, still. I know, same. I mean, <laughs> I've been doing this for 10 years and it's so funny because I work with models, professional models all the time. Yeah. And for me to be like, I'm going to model the clothes, I feel like the same thing, the imposter syndrome. Like I'm not a model, right. but I do work with models. I see their poses. I know how to work it in front of the camera. I direct models. I started my career as an art director. I have been immersed in this so long that I, I see the 360 picture. And because I worked in advertising, I'm literally creating advertising campaigns for these brands. So it's it's kind of natural. Um, Speaking of advertising and past lives. Did you ever do the full-time thing or were you always kind of a 1099er jack of all trades? Yeah. So I am so grateful. I had that horrible experience of the full-time desk cubicle life. And I think that's what really led me to kind of do what I do right now. I am so grateful to have worked for somebody Yep. I've had a horrible experience. It was a very Devil Wears Prada experience where women were checking the labels in my shirt. I, had a, I thought that was normal when it happened to me. Oh my God. Like I'm back so, in the in the 2000s, you know? Yeah. I, I mean, I got scoffed because I wore H&M and, you know, it was, it was a whole thing. And I had actually, I overheard two women talking about somebody put like Yankee candle. And as a candle guy yourself, you should <laughs> appreciate this, but they had a Yankee candle that there was gifted in the white elephant for the whole company. And they were like, Oh, I would never spend less than $60 on a candle. Oh my God. That kind of environment is so toxic in it's the workplace. So toxic. And I was going to acupuncture because of the stress and they wouldn't even let me go to acupuncture because it was like impeding on if I needed to work late. Oh my God. So, so you got out yeah. of that. So I got when out of that. You, how did you get out of that job? Were you nervous about transitioning to kind of freelance, be your own boss? Totally. I mean, it was the scariest thing I ever did, but I realized it wasn't worth it. At the time, I actually lost a mentor in the advertising field. He was a like the head creative director of my first advertising job. Mm. And he died of a brain, a brain tumor. And mm. I lost my mom to a brain tumor. And I realized the stress and working for somebody else was not worth my life. Like I didn't want to owe myself to a company when I could create my own thing and feel proud of that and die happy. (laughs) Yeah. So, yeah, it's such a, you know, bringing it back to your personal health and, and your wellness. I think a lot of people, uh, work and just kind of assume that in a city like ours, that kind of behavior is just 
tolerated and normal and it's what you have to do, but not, not these days. No. And I think it's so much more accepting the wellness thing and self-care. It's so important. A lot of companies are even approaching their businesses with incorporating that into their companies and their lifestyle. So I think it's really an amazing thing that we're accepting that. But you do see in New York, people are still, I mean, I'm working constantly all the time around the clock and, but you know, that's the hustle. (laughs) And you share it all so well on Instagram. What was, um, and I, I think you were, you may remember it differently because you lived it, but I remember during COVID, like, um, really following you closely because I felt like you were very, um, during the first, we're still obviously always in COVID. I know, but during the, the, the premier lockdown of COVID. Um, I felt I really related with what you were sharing just from fears. I don't have kids, but you were really um, extra kind of raw and vulnerable. And, and how was that for your community that follows you? And how did that shape your personal brand? Did that play a part? I have. To, I wish I could say that it was intentional, but it was really, I didn't know how else to be. Yep. I was kind of in a place where I had just moved to the suburbs from the city after 15 years of living there. I yep. was eight months pregnant and I found myself in a containment zone. It was like <laughs> I was in the original like hub of COVID. Oh, wait, that, um, that suburban yeah. Westchester zone. Yes, I was oh in the God. zone. And so we locked down actually before everybody else. And also being eight months pregnant, it was terrifying, didn't know what to expect. And it was just something that was natural. I didn't, it it just felt too frivolous to share about pretty outfits and home decor at the time. And it was something that I just, uh, it was my outlet and it turned into something huge. I, I had MTV that wanted to do a reality show on me about that. And I, it was like a, it, it was totally accidental. I wish it was something I could say that I intended as part of my branding, but it just, I I am who I am and it just wanted, it's something that came out. And I, I found myself connecting with so many moms and thanking me for what I was doing because it made them feel better about going through the experience and even not moms, like just people were scared and nobody was so vibing about your content. I was just like, Oh shit. Like I got to just, I just felt like there was someone else that was getting the, the weirdness and was comfortable enough to share it and not post about like swipe up links for more boots. And I was just like, thank God she's posting this. It just felt very to what I know of your personal brand now, which is approachable community kind of, um, oriented with your, your group. What are your followers like? Do they love that? Does it feel like a community? Does it feel like you've built this little tribe? Yeah, I am really grateful that I, I, I love that I don't, and actually somebody DM me this the other day and said, like, you don't have a lot of like, like spam or, um, like, you know, haters sending you nasty comments. And I, even if I get them, I just kind of let them go because it's not worth your time. But I have found such an amazing community on Instagram. And I feel so grateful because when I had my first baby, I had a community in New York City of moms and creatives and people that I could like connect with. And now I have such a great online community that I've connected with. And it's really like a whole new thing. It's, it's incredible how people have connected through that. And, um, 
Yeah, it's amazing. I actually have like 40% of my following is from New York. <laughs> oh my God, that's amazing. Yeah. You're so, a brand's dream. That's like a New York, that's like <laughs> a, some tight analytics. Well, <laughs> I think great. part of it is that I have the branding, the New York stylist. So yeah. I think a lot of people tend, I, you know, use the hashtag of like New York blogger and New York mom. And it's, yep. you know, really finding this niche within this whole blogosphere or Instagram and yeah. So I, it was total accidental. I didn't mean to create that, but it was something in that sense, it was accidental. Total blessing in disguise really there. Um, you touched on your move, which I, we talked about before we went on. Um, I'm always jealous of people that get to move to the suburbs. But um, <laughs> did how did location change your personal brand? Was that a fear for you? Were you like, hello, my Instagram handle says like a New York in it. What am I doing? Oh, yeah. Yes. So intentionally, I did know, I actually had the blog name, The Brooklyn Stylist. And Mm. I knew that I eventually wanted to grow my family, move to the suburbs. And I didn't want to be so limited to Brooklyn and be stuck with that. So I ended up changing my brand and thinking bigger than New York Stylist. And it Originally, when I had the Brooklyn Stylist, it was great because the Google SEO of Brooklyn Stylist got me Mm -hmm. so many clients in Brooklyn. (sighs) Oh my God, amazing. And now, if you Google New York Stylist, I come up on the first page and I'm the first image when you Google New York Stylist. How'd you get that handle? I I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) Early uh, early adapter. Um, It's something I I just was talking to a friend. I actually started my branding as uh, it was something completely different. And I said, you know, I it was called Dear Andy at the time, which was a personal thing to me. Yep. And my friend said, you know, everybody at Fashion Week is saying, "Where's Andy?" And I said, "But that's not my name." Uh oh. Ding, ding, ding. I need to change my, my branding. And so I said, I just want to be, uh, known as a stylist in Brooklyn. And so that's why she was like, what about the Brooklyn stylist? And I was like, no way is that taken. And so I found it, got it. And then you had prepped for the suburban move prior, even think you're, you at least thought about it. Yeah. And even if I wasn't going to move to the suburbs, I knew I wanted to be bigger than just Brooklyn and New York is, really like, you know, I'm my, most of my clients when I am working, whether it's personal styling or on commercial projects, yeah. it's in New York city. Yeah. I, you know, I'm in New York all the time. So it just was like a natural branding name. Yeah. What about, um, once you moved, did you feel like any part of you, um, I know cause I lived exclusively upstate during the first lockdown and I did feel like a little part of me was, a was kind of missing for a minute, maybe not taking pictures in my familiar surrounding or networking with the same people. What was that like for you? Well, it's hard to say because I did move during the pandemic. So I was only <laughs> yeah. back in the city for a couple of weeks before we locked down. Uh, yeah. but it was definitely a big adjustment because here I was going to all these great, cool Brooklyn, New York things. And here I am stuck in my house in the suburbs and it was quite the pivot, but I will say it really focused my efforts on different projects. Like now I've been focusing on more motherhood projects that I can do with my family and shoot it in my home, which in New York city, it was so hard to do that in my apartment. It's impossible. Garden level Very dark. Anytime I took pictures there, 
it was like embarrassing. It was so dark. <laughs> and then also like I have a home to decorate. So I I'm love watching the home decor. Thank you. I'm partnering with some amazing brands for my home decor. So it's really expanding my, my brand and something that I learned in this whole process of branding is to really focus on your five pillars and to figure out what those are and stick with them. And so mine have been fashion, home, sustainability, mother, motherhood, and also um, uh, like eco, anything eco friendly. Yep. It's so funny. You literally just read what's next on my list and you came because I was going to say that I feel like for a personal brand, your pillars, like I can kind of see what they are, which I think means you're doing a great job. And there's something interesting you're doing. And I wanted to ask you about and how you could give tips to other people listening how to do this um, is to create like special content um, programming within those pillars. Like I'm obsessed with this. Um, is it 30 eco, 30 days of eco swaps you're yes, doing? Yeah. Like tell me about that and, and what that is and, and how tips for someone else to do something like that, because I, I'm not even an eco guy and I'm like, Oh shit, that's so easy. Like I could do that. Yeah, actually. So one of the pillars I forgot, so I did say eco and sustainability that essentially is the same thing. Beauty would be my other pillar. Um, but everything I do ties back to one of those pillars. So whether if it's like something totally different, like travel, Mm -hmm. tie it back to motherhood, tie it back to fashion, tie it back to different things or sustainability. Um, but the eco swaps came about because I was like, I want to do something that challenges my followers and teaches them. And I'm just going to do 30 days of eco swaps every day. I do another one on my stories and I just thought it would be a fun thing to start the new year. Last new year, my big thing was I'm going to do a resolution of only partnering with sustainable brands or brands that are making an effort in sustainability during the pandemic. We've really seen such a shift in how we are in consumer as consumers. And so I want to make it a point to educate my followers. I mean, we've been in the fashion industry for so long, you've seen it all. I definitely have seen people are spraying the clothes of formaldehyde and (laughs) like all the gross things that go in and the waste. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So I wanted to make a difference in that sense because I, I, you know, I'm always talking about fashion. I want to make a difference. It's really nice. And it's like, it's kind of like its own little mini channel on your larger channel. Like we can tune in and see all the different parts of your brand on all the different services, feed, you know, highlights, live stories. What kind of tips would you give to someone who maybe they work a job and they like their job or they, maybe they're a freelancer, but, and they want to start shaping those pillars. Like how did you land on those and how do you hold yourself accountable to them so well? Thank you. Uh, Well, it's been 10 years of a process and I think I just came up with them because it was natural that I was talking about them. And once I figured out what I was talking about, it was easy to divide it into categories and to say what I'm passionate about. But I, it's something that I just, I I don't know. I just, I've always been talking about sustainability in some way and it's something that 
just came about. I like the tip about travel. Like, you know, there's so many other things a person does than five things, right? Right. Clearly (laughs) we do like other, we like, I'm big into fitness, but it's not one of my main pillars, but um, I love to share that I work out because it makes me feel good. So it's like, I try to connect it back to technology or to home decor or to fashion in some way. I like that tip that you gave. That's, that's smart. Yeah, because like we are so multifaceted as people, so it doesn't necessarily have to be like I'm just into fitness. So when I talk about fitness, I'm talking about it as a like a perspective from motherhood, and that would be under that pillar because I gave birth. I you know still struggling to get my body back to where it was, so that's how I tie it back. Yeah, that's great. What kind of um, what kind of setbacks have you run into in building your personal brand and getting to a place where you feel really comfortable and solid about where you are with it? Yeah, well, I touched upon it a little bit. Like I, I just, I kind of started my brand as like a hobby and it wasn't something that I intended to make it as a brand. Yeah. So I never hired a designer Oh my God, we talk about this on every episode. And I think it's so important for people to hear because I've had some people on who work with like agencies and some people like me who just call a friend and are like, can you help me? Like, how did that happen for you? Yeah. So, I mean, it's been an evolution and I, I still am working on it. And I do say, I will say that like, I look at back at my first logos and I'm like, oh, I cringe. It, It was horrible. It was something I did so last minute. And I, studied branding. Like I should be good at this, (laughs) but it's always hard when it's your own brand. And so, you know, when it comes to like designing my website, I outsource that because I'm like, I just, that's a whole other thing. I can't. And you want the outside of, you almost want like that outside opinion, you know, like, it's like, we think we know what the best taste is of X, Y, and Z, but it's like, I'm not a web designer. Yeah. And I think it's always important to delegate when you can. And I, I say this, I have to remind myself sometimes that I, I need to do it more, but I, I have a management team that I kind of pick their brain and bounce ideas off of. So if I'm ever stuck and I say, you know, I'm not sure if I like this or I need another opinion or if, you know, I need feedback, that's a great way. Or even I have a community of moms. We have a whole chat that we go back and forth. They're all mom influencers. And if we ever need an opinion on like, do you like these branding colors or Mm. whatnot? I reach out to them. Uh, I sometimes even pull my Instagram audience, you know, when I'm not sure if I want to do something, I ask people, you know, do you like more professional iPhone pictures, uh, professional pictures or iPhone pictures? And it was shocking that more people liked the raw iPhone photos. They want more. I did. It's by the way, that is such an underused tool. Like you have a built-in focus group who have people who love you, who will tell you what you should do. <laughs> like, and not enough people do that and pull their audience. It's like, they're the ones we're doing it for. You know? Yeah. I did it actually. I do it every year around the new year. And I ask them like, what are the brands that I influenced you to purchase or products mm. or services? Uh, and just kind of pull them on like what they'd like to see more, what content that, you know, they'd like me to create maybe different styling hacks that they are looking for. And it's a great way to utilize 
your brand and like utilize your audience and see what they want because ultimately that's who you're reaching out to. So why not use it? hundred <laughs> percent. You're following, by the way, you've like doubled since I last, when I first met you, that you're like one of the few, it's hard to grow on Instagram anymore. It is. Oh Any my tips God. there? I mean, it sounds like you're really community based, <laughs> which I think is a really helpful thing. You're not just putting stuff out to the, to the ethosphere. Like you're doing it with a purpose. Any other, any tips on growth? I wish I had the magic, you know, formula for growing and there's definitely no easy way to do it overnight. I've been on Instagram for 10 years and still like, why am I not bigger than this? But, (laughs) but I will say, um, I've had a couple posts that went viral, including my birth post where Mm. I'm not sure if you saw it, but I had the mask on fit like my fist up in the air, holding the baby breastfeeding and, um, I said, we did it. We gave birth in the beginning of the pan or in the middle of a pandemic. And it was like, I was like the pioneer of the moms giving birth. So, and like the poster child for it. So a lot of people related. I mean, talk and, about vulnerability. I mean, yeah. it, A, the fact that you felt you were in the pandemic, you shared such a personal life moment on social media. I think that was probably the moment that your, your brand as it is today really sh- started shaping. Yeah, I definitely gained a lot of localized mom followers and just moms actually all over the world. I had a lot of moms like in Europe reaching out to me and saying, oh my God, I'm feeling exactly what you're going through even over here. And so I think that just that, yeah, like you said, the vulnerability of opening up and, you know, sharing my story really related to so many people. And I think that unintentionally, it wasn't because I wanted to grow is because I just wanted to connect to other humans. And it's and, authentic. Yeah, it's like, it's authentic. It, I think another, um, that's another, we had another guest on who she ended up really saying that her, she had been building her brand for a while and it didn't pop off until she started being more of herself on Instagram. And then people were like, Oh, I like this chick. I really thought, you know, and they felt connected to her and they missed seeing her on stories if she wasn't on. Yeah. And I actually get that feedback a lot that people say like, they feel like I'm a friend, like yeah. the way I, I speak to my audience. It's like, I I'm talking to like a good friend of mine and it's kind of how I approach my styling as well. Like a lot of people, one of the feedback that I get frequently from a lot of my personal styling clients is that you kind of approach your business. Like you are approaching a good friend and you are sharing candidly, you know, opinions and your taste and expertise. And I think people appreciate that. And people are ultimately buying into who you are when you are a personal brand. Totally. It's like you have a, it's like at a, at a shop in a neighborhood, it's like there's five shops that sell the same thing. You go to the one that makes you feel good about yourself or you get have the best connection with someone, you know, what's next for your personal brand? Oh, that's a good question. I, I mean, I'm still trying to grow my personal brand and, yep. um, like you said, trying to make sure I grow on Instagram. So are you I, on TikTok yet? I am on TikTok. I'm so bad at it, to be honest. I feel like I'm just like a, like a hair too old for it, but I'm repurposing a lot of my content from Instagram to do it. Good. Whenever I do some like random thing that I think is cute, it never does well. But when I repurpose my Instagram content, it, that's especially the fashion stuff that does a lot much, a lot better. Um, but my styling hacks have been taking off and I really am enjoying kind of reaching to women in that way of showing them my expertise from all my years in fashion and teaching them how to wear things in new ways, shop your closet, wear things, you know, a little bit 
better. Those reels um, are really good. The way you do the text and stuff on them is great. Like you add, you edit those off reels. I do. Yeah. So okay, I use yeah. an app called InShot. It just makes it so much easier and you don't want to risk like Instagram quitting out on you and then you lose the whole project. So it it's really nice. on reels. It quits and freezes yes. all the yeah. time. So don't do it through there. You can <laughs> even do it through TikTok and you can save it without the watermark. I just learned a hack where you like the one where of, you kind of go out, you go out of the app and you're like, <laughs> yes. yeah, I saw that girl. I saved her video. Cause I want to try it so bad. <laughs> I, it works. I tried oh. it. it. Yeah. It's great. But I do like the, the app in shot. Um, so yeah, so I'm doing a little bit more focusing on partnering with brands in bigger ways like that. Uh, I'm still doing the commercial styling, working for different retailers, and I'm really trying to build my personal styling because it's been so nice to connect with moms. I mean, as a fashion stylist and working, you know, dressing models is, yeah. it's not fulfilling. No, it's, I've done it too. It's, it's, it's fun, yeah. but I'm, I'm getting to the point where I, I want a little bit more, you know, connection to other people and yeah. making my, my work a little bit more meaningful. So I'm really trying to grow the personal styling and I'd like to do something even bigger and connect with more people and do more, you know, on air kind of projects. You're so inspiring. I like love everything you share. Last wow, wow, we we hit our time so fast. I could talk to you. We have a good vibe. I enjoy. I really enjoy talking to you. I Likewise. forgot. I wanted. I don't want to leave without asking. How's mom life? How are your kids? Oh, they're good. I mean, considering everything going on, I can't complain. I was just home with them for like three weeks with oh my God. <laughs> all yeah, the schools being shut down. So it was definitely a struggle trying to juggle the whole motherhood thing, and also, you know, brands saying I need this deadline or, yep. you know, why are you not getting back to me on my emails? And, but oh luckily God. people are understanding, um, part of my branding and being so vulnerable, I actually have in my email signature, it always says, and I've said, had this since the beginning of the pandemic, but it says, um, I am a mom in a in the pandemic, please excuse me while my emails are delayed. Oh my God. I love that. It's so and raw it and honest. It's so honest. And I think it could go for anybody. I think it could go, you know, not just moms. I think you could just say, I'm currently in a pandemic. I can, you know, give yourself a break. Like there's a lot going on. If you don't get to all of your emails, you know, give yourself some grace. Oh my God. That, that is like the perfect way to set the rest of my day. Thank God you're leaving me with that. That's amazing, Liz. How can everybody As I find that? Oh, sorry. As I no, say that, so I'm good. about to go to my inbox and be like, oh my God. Well, we have to tackle it at some point, but it's just yeah. nice to remember to give yourself some grace. We're not in the easiest of times. And I love that you share that with everybody. Um, how can everybody find you on all the things? Yeah. So you can find me on the New York stylist.com or on Instagram at the New York stylist, or I guess you can Google me and Google New York stylist and I'll come up. <laughs> You'll be the first one that pops up. Get that SEO going. That's amazing. Liz, thank you so much. Keep, keep crushing it. You too, Preston. Thank you. Thanks. I'll talk to you soon. All right. Thanks. For more on the show, you can find us on Instagram at Brand Me Podcast or at Preston Conrad. Be sure, of course, to rate, review, and subscribe and share our